are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Hi, here we go. Back with you, hour number two, off and running, rolling along on this, uh, what is it, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, feels like a Monday, but Tuesday. Glad to be back, you know, the first day back after a little break, uh, vacation last week, went down to the uh, coast of Alabama, back in the home state, toes in the sand, all that kind of stuff. Time off, thanks for that, enjoyed it. Glad to be back with you. And uh, kind of ramping it back up and a little bit more travel for me before the month is over. And then we'll really kind of hit it running in August, back to normal and, and, and sprint really into the start of the college football season. Where are we? About a month and a half away, something like that. Anywho, glad to be with you here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. All right. You can be a part of the show. Text me, call me. I'll give you those numbers coming up. If you're on the live stream, you can see them there at the bottom of the screen. And uh, feel free to hit us up, either text or call. All that coming up. I I did mention, um, you know, being on the coast last week, you know, a lot of people from the the whole southeastern United States kind of go down there to these beaches, you know, Panhandle, Florida, coast of Alabama, some on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, we were there in Alabama, and <laughs> we were at the pool one day last week. And my mother-in-law struck up a conversation with these folks who were there. And, uh, you know, eventually it's like, where are you from? And they said, Missouri. And she, my mother-in-law is an old Miss fan, lives in Vicksburg. She said, oh, Missouri, okay, y'all are in the SEC. And they looked at her and said, what's that? <laughs> now, that's a true story. <laughs> okay. They said to her, what's that? Um, now, I think I have to say that in their defense, I think the, the guy, the husband, did come back later and confirm that he knew what, it, what we were talking about. But when we said to her, you know, you're in the SEC, she was like, oh, what is that? See, more ammunition for someone like the homecoming queen whenever she comes back and heals up and comes back on the show. Uh, as she makes a case of Missouri should have never been here to begin <laughs> to begin with in the SEC. That, that, I mean, because really and truly, h- how many people can you interact with in the state of Mississippi or the state of Alabama, even if they're not huge sports fans, who wouldn't know when you said, oh, you're in the SEC? Uh, like, they know. Even the non-sports fans know. Well, apparently not in Apparently not in Missouri. All right, you can be a part of the show. Let me give you the numbers, and then we'll jump into some coverage of SEC Media Day. It's got some stuff we're going to do, including a live look in. I think uh, here in just a minute, if you're listening live here in the middle of the day, uh, in just a minute you're going to have Hugh Freeze, the head coach at Auburn now, uh, up at the podium. We'll check in on that. You can text the show on the Country Please and text line 885-3776. Another way to remember it's 885-ESPN. Or you can call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Here's Hugh Freeze making his first appearance at SEC Media Days as the Auburn head coach. Wisdom that I've sought from him through the years, and uh, he's always uh, 
shot me dead straight and been very truthful with me, which I respect and, and, and really, really admire and love. It's exciting to represent Auburn. Um, our uh, administration, President Roberts and uh, John Cohen um, and all of the ADs that work with them have been just incredible and uh, giving uh, me and our family this opportunity to lead the, the proud program at Auburn and, and to restore it to its rightful place in the hierarchy of college football. And uh, we know we've got a tall task ahead, but it's one that we're excited. The alignment that I think uh, I sense from President Roberts to uh, John Cohen down to myself, uh, I think is an all-time high maybe for Auburn. Obviously, I haven't been there, so I don't have a lot to compare it to, but uh, the support I feel and the alignment I feel, particularly with uh, those two guys, is, is very, very exciting. Uh, obviously, we owe a, a debt, a great debt of gratitude to our fan base. I think we have an incredible fan base that uh, we've sold more season tickets in the history of the program this uh, year. And um, while that speaks to their expectations and their excitement, hopefully they'll give us a, a, a little patience as we uh, continue to rebuild this roster to uh, hopefully close the gap on those guys in this league that are doing it at a high, high level. So, but we are extremely, extremely excited and um, proud to have brought three great young men with us today in uh, Luke and Cameron and Elijah. All right, so there's a little bit of that. That's uh, Hugh Freeze at the podium. He is uh, talking live right now, kind of going through the deal. He's not taking any questions, and we'll we'll hang with it just a second or two. And if he begins to take any questions, we'll, we'll we might listen into some of that. If not, if if Coach Freeze is going to be one of these that does a really long opening statement, then we'll just bounce off to to something else and a few other things. Uh, Ed texts the show. Well, let me back up. I missed one here on the country pleasing text line. It's from St. Louis Vic. What's up, Vic? He says, Matt, talking about the tie and the white shirt and the sport coat, sweating through it and everything in the summertime. <laughs> Vic says, that's why some of us big old boys were, uh, wear under T-shirts year-round to, to catch the uh, sweat. <laughs> he said, one texter wrote that intimidation deal. He said, I couldn't help but think about the movie Little Giants. Happy birthday to Mary Liddy. And Vic, thanks so much for the text. Ed texts the show and says, while we're on the subject, Matt, it doesn't make sense the Chiefs are in the AFC West, but Missouri is in the SEC, right, and in the East. Right, I know. Right? But again, see, it all goes back to a bad decision, Ed, and if you're not careful, I'll look up and it'll be 10 minutes later rehashing the same old thing. Thank goodness we're about to have a new format of scheduling they're doing away with divisions okay and a new format of scheduling where we rotate more often play each other more often in the sec it's going to be a whole lot more fun for players fan bases travel everything more interesting matchups more often you got two new teams coming in that helps too but the reason missouri when they came in the league had to be in the eastern division why we got divisions for the sec championship game the moneymaker and then when they went to that in 92 what did they do they said, we may be splitting these divisions, but Alabama has to play Tennessee every year, period. It has to happen. It's third Saturday in October. We can't do away with it. Oh, and Auburn has to play Georgia every year. Oldest rivalry in the South. Got to play it every year, period. And because of those two, Alabama and Auburn, the SEC offices were in Birmingham, by the way. Because of those two, 
lo and behold, we all had to play permanent rivals and split divisions evenly. And that's why when they came, Missouri had to be in the East. All right, they got questions going on now for Freeze. Let's see what we got. Hugh, you know, you look at the SEC of the last several years, there's a lot of coaches like yourself that have had two stops, you know, guys like Spurrier and Nick Saban, you can go on and on. Um, when you left Ole Miss, did you have a feeling maybe you could be able to work your way back to Auburn, I mean, to the SEC somewhere? What does it mean to you to, to have done that? And I think you're the third Arkansas State coach to be at Auburn now. I was wondering what you thought about that. Hmm. That's uh, the, 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 all right, let's go back to the, did I one day, truthfully, when the, uh, the, the ending at Ole Miss occurred, uh, it was hard to, uh, to truthfully process would you ever get that opportunity again. So I would have to say I, at that point, no. I mean, obviously, but as time passes and, and t things tend to uh, settle back in and, and you work through, you know, I tell people all the time, I, I think that one of the greatest judges of people and our players included and the people I come in contact with are um, when you experience disappointment, failure, um, whether it was of your own doing or whether it was circumstances that come into your life, like Luke Deal, who's with us today, who just he lost his father while while being at Auburn. I mean, those are are tough circumstances, and but how a person responds to those and reacts to those, I think, probably tells you more about them um, than than the successes do. And so, all right, there you go. So there's a little bit of freeze, and now we're going to move on to some stuff from yesterday from Sankey that. I mentioned this earlier, and I really do think that it is important. Uh, it's some clues from the commissioner of the SEC that I feel like are important. For, important for us to know that this is how they feel at the decision-making positions when it comes to NIL. That's coming up next. Let me get to these texts, and then we'll hit that from Greg Sankey yesterday. Uh, Tiger David, Texas show, says, we're coming. Now, okay, it's, it's LSU Tigers, not Auburn Tigers. I'm just making sure because he spelled it Go Tigers G-E-A-U-X, which we know is LSU. He says, we're coming. The preseason hype is fun, but when you finish the goal and holding that gold trophy above your head, that's when it all hits you. Well, Tiger David, I would agree. That's exactly that's what it's all about. Preseason hype, man. You know, I mean, I'll touch on that at some point here. Uh, we are in full preseason hype mode, and the hype machine always gets behind the same logos. It always seems to do that, and there are certain groups of people, and you could call them fan bases, who do a lot better job of buying into and pushing that hype machine down the hill. Uh, but none of it matters. It just doesn't matter. The preseason predictions and you know media picks, it, it is a complete and utter, for me, waste of time. Somebody else may enjoy it, gives them something to talk about. It doesn't mean anything. So if you're an LSU fan or if you're a state fan or an Ole Miss fan, don't, who cares where they put you in the preseason? It does not matter. One iota. All that matters is who's standing at the end, right? That's it. More Bully Texas show and says Memphis should be in the SEC over Missouri. <laughs> I only hit that because I feel like some people laughed at it more bully, but, you know, you, you, I mean, proximity-wise, yeah. I don't, I don't know about, you know, anything else. They certainly don't give you a TV market, or anything else for that matter. Ed texts the show and he said, "In Missouri is farther east than Texas." 
There's some truth in that for sure. All right. So what about NIL? I'm going to break it up into four parts. And this is what Greg Sankey said yesterday that stood out to me. We're going to take it part by part. If you're listening on the radio, you're going to hear the audio from Sankey at the podium. If you're watching on the live stream, you will see the video clips that we're talking about. First up, part one of Greg Sankey's comments yesterday as he got into the NIL subject, where things stand and what's got to happen, and the way he sees it from his chair, which is at really the king of the hill. He's on top of this whole you know, college football world. Here's Greg Sankey. It's been two years since the first state laws brought to us the active concept of student-athletes receiving economic benefit from their use of their name, image, and likeness. And I'm going to be clear, as clear as I can. Our activities in Congress, our discussions with states, and even discussions of conference policies are not about taking away, not about taking away this new name, image, and likeness opportunities. In many ways, it's been a net positive for young people. But we all know there are stories, some stories told and others not told, of promises made but not fulfilled, of inducements offered but not provided, of empty commitments, of NIL agreements that created more questions than provided answers, and other behaviors in this space that rightly cause concern. And the reality, the reality is our student-athletes deserve something better than a patchwork of state laws that support their name, image, and likeness activity, if support is the right word. Our student-athletes deserve something better than a race to the bottom at the state legislature level. As the efforts are made to create what are perceived as a competitive edge through state laws that are not overseen. Future student athletes, those who right now might be 15 or 16 or 17 years old, they deserve something better than to need to sort through a fully unregulated marketplace, being approached by individuals who present themselves as something that they may not be, where anyone can purchase card stock and run it through a printer and call themselves an agent on a business card, and then engage in making offers to young people that are neither transparent, that, are not include, that they do not include protections that many of us would expect to be normal. Okay, so... There you hear some of the comments from uh, Greg Sankey. Just get started. And there's a lot in that one soundbite. But if you go back to the beginning, one thing that jumped out at me, and I heard him today reiterating this, this was something, it, it jumped out to me because it is coming from Greg Sankey. He said that there are all kinds of stories out there behind the curtain in college sports, in college football and basketball, about, you know, uh, promises that were made by some school in NIL money as an inducement to recruit you away, get you in the portal. The player does it and goes there, and then they don't pay. They don't pay up. Uh, in you know, inducements. NIL just uses a straight inducement to get even high school players to transfer and different things. And what he said was, they need more of those people who are going through that to tell that story. 
Like today, I heard him say he wanted those high school coaches and these college coaches. Get out here in the media and tell the whole thing. Tell on people. And that is telling to me when a guy like Sankey says, you know, basically, from an oversight level, there's nothing we can do about it. You just got to make it public, and hopefully the embarrassment of all that has its effect. Well, to me, that's, that's pretty telling. He also talked about street agents that are pretending to be agents and all that kind of stuff and fooling kids. All right, here you go. Here's more uh, yesterday from Greg Sankey about the NIL situation. Listen closely to this. To our knowledge, no state has taken action to enforce its own state laws around name, image, and likeness activity. At the same time, we've seen in a number of states laws enacted that bar associations, the NCAA, or conferences, including the Southeastern Conference, from enforcing what, at our level, at the conference level, are still to be adopted, if ever, NIL policies. In other words, the states haven't been active in enforcing laws, and now states are preventing the NCAA or conferences from adopting and enforcing reasonable name, image, and likeness standards. If states will not enforce the laws, and states are going to prohibit the NCA or conferences from enforcing these reasonable policies, congressional action is then the only way to provide a national uniform standard for name, image, and likeness activity, and to draw the lines around the boundaries that do not become simply pay for play. That is a huge statement, and it made the rounds yesterday. It didn't surprise anyone. But again, you know, no, he's not Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, but he's Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, basically the most powerful guy in college sports. He even said, some people think I'm the one that's got to fix all this. And he's saying, given what's going on legally in all these different states, from a legislative standpoint, the only thing that will provide some sort of overall structure where everybody plays by the same rule in every school is if Congress does it at a national level. That's it. There's your hope. It must be done in, on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., or it ain't getting done. That's huge. And, and to him, he says they don't have any states who are actually enforcing their own NIL laws that they've passed in their state legislatures while at the same time passing laws, and they're going to enforce this, that says you cannot come in here and monitor NIL in our state. It is straight up, listen, <laughs> when you can't enforce, you don't have rules, period. You don't have them. When you don't have rules, you don't have a league. It's a war free-for-all. It's war without the killing. That's what it is. What wins most wars? A war chest. There's your reality. And he's basically, he's basically stating that. There's more from Sankey. Here we go. Now these realities I've described are in contrast to what we hear from our student-athlete leaders who gathered with us in late June. Our student-athletes continue to ask for uniformity and name, image, and likeness policies across the country. Our student-athletes want to know their competitors on the opposite line of scrimmage are subject and governed by the same rules and policies by which they are governed. 
Uniformity will ensure a high school student and his or her family do not have to investigate potentially dozens of different state laws or university policies to figure out how they can be active in this name, image, and likeness world. Student athletes ask for our help in guiding them through these challenges. We are used to providing support, and they want protections for themselves and their teammates, and they want opportunities for their international teammates that are consistent across the country under this name, image, and likeness heading. And they want the same for their competitors. I don't know what all that means other than, you know, I'm hearing somebody telling me that you want protections for high school athletes and their families. And, and I'm sure there's some cases where, you know, they, they need some protections. Okay. But, <clears throat> I mean, protection from what? And how, how many recruits and their families are simply telling coaches, what do I get? What's the financial package to come play for you? Yet we're sitting here calling it NIL and calling it marketing opportunities. And on the recruiting trail, what's the conversation? Hey, coach, how much money to come to your school and play? I mean, at some point, we got to call it what it is and deal with it as such. And until you do, yeah, you're not going to have any answers. But if you got Sankey telling me that it's got to come from Congress, the end. Forget it. Just, you know, it's Major League Baseball. You got the Yankees and you got the the, um, the the Tampa Bay Rays. Sometimes you build a roster and sometimes you buy one. Just let it play out. Markets of all different sizes. That's what we have. Looks like that's what we're going to have. Y'all stick around. crave your sports. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance. So you got um, Petrino at Texas A&M. He's going to be coaching their offense. Uh, I mentioned earlier we were going to hear a soundbite from Jimbo Fisher yesterday uh, about all that. And Will commented on YouTube. He said, is that the play call- calling question that they asked Jimbo? You know, I don't think it's the exact one that got the response that sort of made the rounds yesterday on social media, Will. But it was a similar question in a different room, and he answered it kind of the, the same way. And so I'll, I'll give that to you now. And let you hear that. This is yesterday, Jimbo being asked about, and you may even hear the question. I think you will. You'll hear the question here. Being asked about Petrino being on staff and who's going to do what. Is he calling plays? Is Petrino calling plays? All that. Here it is. Entering this first season, what what's the what, what where are the responsibilities lie between you and Bobby as far as between play calling, just running the offense? Well, I'm not going to get into all the dynamics in which we have, but Bobby takes it. He 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 runs those rooms and does those rooms. We're all in there. I'm not, but I'm in offensive rooms. I'm in defensive rooms all the time as a head coach. You have to be because you get what's going on. But great respect, like I say, Bobby's one of the best play callers, one of the best offensive minds in college football has for a long time, and quarterback guys. So he and I have a great respect, great work ethic, and have it's been wonderful so far. And then I'm not going to get into 
from a schematic standpoint of what's going on or that part of it, but this went very well and we're very blessed to have him. Okay. So you got it. That's what it was. Very blessed to have him. The one uh, uh, yesterday that made the rounds was Jimbo kind of saying, you know, what a wonderful person Bobby Petrino is. <laughs> you know, maybe he is now. Uh, maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he is. Uh, hey, here's a question for you. And you and you may want to weigh in. And by the way, I am coming over to the text line. Res Dog and Jason, coming to y'all's text in just a minute. Uh, you can text me on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-3776. That's Country Pleasing Sausage. I'm on some jalapeno and cheddar. I just thought it out. I'm beginning that uh, tonight or tomorrow. Uh, 885-3776. Or you can uh, remember it this way, 885-ESPN is another way to remember uh, the number to the text line. So coming to those in just a sec, get those in there. Comments here on the live stream. Uh, Will said on YouTube, has famous internet commenter and apparent Aggie insider Slice Bread told us who's going to call plays for A&M? <laughs> Who is Slice Bread? Uh, Forrest commented, he said, I love listening to these commercials while I'm at work. Takes me back to a simpler time. He's, he's watching on YouTube, by the way. He says, thanks, Matt. Enjoying the show from hot, hot, hot Texas today. Real field, 116 at the moment. Hashtag send help. That's, oh, this is Elizabeth. 116 is the, the feel, feels like temperature in Texas. Man. And did y'all see, I did see this last week while I was on vacation, something come across on Twitter where in Mississippi, the High School Activities Association said that any outdoor activity, football, cheerleading, band, whatever, has to stop and cease on a day when the heat index reaches 105 or more, they got to stop. And I thought, well, there's going to be a lot of days where it may get up there. Um, but Elizabeth says it's 116 right now out there. Uh, we were talking about NIL. Will commented and said, the number one rule when dealing with money, always get it in writing. And Roshana on Facebook says, hey, Matt, get well, homecoming queen. Thanks so much, Roshana. I'll pass it along. Appreciate the, the, uh, the well wishes there for sure uh res dog on the country pleasing text line says looking forward to msu beating lsu and bama at home on our way to winning 10 games that's from res dog well if that happens then you're talking about an all-time historic type of season for sure uh jason and flagstaff said that more bully was on to something Said, if you slap a lo SEC logo in Hattiesburg a decade ago, what kind of absolute monster is Southern Miss right now? Memphis, UAB, et cetera. He said, Missouri seems to have mostly squandered their momentum. Yeah. You know, I um, squandered it. They did have momentum, didn't they? Right out of the shoots, back-to-back -back SEC title games. Didn't win one of them, but got to two of them. I know they played Auburn one year. I can't remember who they played uh, the other year. You know, and another thought I had as I was looking here at what's going on at Media Days right now, um, this is Hugh Freeze. This is his first year at Auburn, and he's taking his turn at the podium. But I was trying to figure out who are the most successful retread coaches in the SEC. And, and you might even, I mean, it's obviously Nick Saban and then Bear Bryant, right? Because Bear Bryant was at Kentucky at one time when they were in the SEC and then winds up at Alabama and, and sort of dominates the whole college football thing. And, and obviously, Nick Saban, championship at LSU, 
goes to the NFL for a short stint back and starts dominating in Alabama. So those are your two most successful all-time retread coaches, and they both involve coaching at a school in the SEC, later coming back and coaching Alabama. But other than that, who else is on the list? Okay, because here's a name you probably wouldn't think of right off, but another one of the, the more successful retreads was Houston Nutt at Arkansas. We forget he took Arkansas to two SEC title games while at Arkansas. Didn't win one, but he went to two of them. And then eventually, you know, went to Ole Miss, and he did have, what, two winning seasons where he, where he played in the Cotton Bowl? So, you know, until it kind of really bottomed out on him. But he did have some initial success at another school after the first time. But who else? I'm trying to think. Retread coaches. It's pretty rare. I mean, it really is pretty rare. Uh, you got – because that's what Freeze is trying to do. You know, he had some success at Ole Miss. Didn't reach the title game, anything like that. But had good teams. What, played in one Sugar Bowl, I guess. And – um and now has bounced around and come back to Auburn and is trying to have more success there than he than he had before. So, but who else? Who am I missing? Yeah, Will commented on YouTube, and, and first he said, does Jackie Sherrill count? And see, A&M wasn't in the SEC at the time. But then he says, Will Muschamp might be the least successful. I, that's the thing, man. I mean, you talk about a guy who has gotten big-time jobs and has been paid more than anybody else to not coach at places. <laughs> I mean, he just keeps on. He must give phenomenal interviews. I guess. <laughs> he probably would be the least successful retread. Mullen, you know, I, I was surprised at the lack of success at Florida, but he did, in the COVID year, get him to an SEC title game, right? Had, uh, what, one or two first-round picks. I know he had one. That was a top ten in the tight end out there. Um, yeah, okay, Spurrier was a retread, but not from another SEC school, right? Oh, I see what you mean. South Carolina, right. Because you'd have, okay, so Spurrier would have been Florida first, then at South Carolina. And they had a couple blips at South Carolina. You know, pretty good teams, right? Not major teams. Um, somebody come at Twilight Care commented on YouTube, says Coach O at Ole Miss and the LSU. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Ozeron's a great example, right? Where he really he didn't do much at all. He was a head coach, but he didn't do much at all at Ole Miss. And then, uh, and then at LSU, uh, turns the interim into the full-time and wins the whole thing with um, one of the best teams we've ever seen in the SEC. So that's a retread. It has some success. Okay, so what are we up to? As far as head coaches, what are we up to? Probably five guys in the history. <laughs> and there haven't been just a ton of retreads. Uh, you know, overall, it's not like you got five out of 40. There had not been a ton of guys that they're at one school and then get another shot at another school. Um there just haven't been many of them over the long haul. You know, over the last 50, 60 years, it's just a, you can count them on one hand, the number of guys who they were at one SEC school, eventually came back to another and had a lot of success. And it hasn't had, hasn't had 
uh, really happened a ton of times. So thanks for that. And Ed also commented on the text line and said the same thing. He said, Coach O is, is interesting. Ed on the text line says, Coach O, is this, is he texting the show? Oh, and there's another one. That's right. Forgot about Tuberville. Will said, Senator Tommy Tuberville. That's right. Because, you know, he was there at a time where he was fortunate to be at Auburn at a time leading up to just before Saban got there. <laughs> right. And so he had a run in the early 2000s of, Auburn beat Alabama six straight years, and they had the whole thing about one for the thumb, or was it five straight years or trying to get six, whatever it was. So they had a run of success kind of dominating that thing. And he was at Ole Miss before. Didn't didn't have a ton of success at Ole Miss. But I will say, you know, people forget that when Tuberville got that Ole Miss job in the in the mid-90s, he went there, I guess, in 95. He was taking over an Ole Miss team that, was on major probation for recruiting stuff and cheating and stuff and got popped by the NCAA. And I think Tuberville's first two years as the head coach, they supposedly could only sign like 15 players in each class. They had small signing classes. So considering that, he did a pretty doggone good job, I would say. I would say that he did. All right, a little bit of time left with you here on this Tuesday show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. We'll come back, hit it. Another thought from uh, Media Days. A thought on predictions that are flying around like crazy. That uh, you got to be careful with that stuff. <laughs> and uh, more with you. Staying connected because of Seaspire. Stick around. Alright, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. All right, staying connected to you because of Ceasefire. Several things to get into here with a little bit of time left before we wrap it up here on this Tuesday. Jason in Flagstaff says, ha ha, I remember, quote, heat category five days in the Army. Heat indexes from 90 to the surface of the sun in the swamp. He said, all we did was untuck our pants from our boots, and they forced us to drink one quart canteen of water every 30 minutes. Nothing else changed. <laughs> you do all the same stuff, just stay more hydrated and fight on through it, right? I guess it kind of sounds like two-a-days almost. Or back in the day when you could have two-a-days. They're outlawed now. Two-a-day practices in football. We used to have three-a-days at one period of time in, in, uh, in high school. We sure did. What about predictions? How do you feel about preseason predictions? Uh, I, I perused some stuff on the SEC Media Days hashtag earlier this morning on Twitter. And this is one thing I can tell you that you can either, if you want, you don't have to, but if you want, you can tweet it. 
you can say it to your friends or whatever, and in a few months, you're going to look really smart. You ready? Here it is. It's a virtual guarantee this Mississippi State team is not going to finish last in the West. And you can tweet it, you can say it, and uh, you're going to look smart. Just telling you. Every time they pick them last, they don't finish last. It is a, it's a tradition. Somebody had, out there on one of the hashtags had state, a super veteran state team, finishing 12th out of 14 teams. It is, an, it is a guarantee they will finish higher than 12th out of 14 teams. <laughs> when you see that stuff, okay, put yourself on the record. You're going to look smart when it's all over with, said and done. Give you a reason why coming up in just a minute. First, though, over here on the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. Brad hanging on the Divinity phone on line one. What's up, Brad? Thanks for calling. Matt, how are you? Just right. Question. Well, first I want to you know say I want to look smart later in the year because I'm going to say state's not going to finish last. No way. Nope. Right. They in won't. The they won't. They won't finish seventh in the West. No, there's no way. I mean, it's a good veteran team leadership. I think. I mean, they'll be. They're going to have a good year. Yeah, I think. And the so. other thing. Okay. So we talked. You was talking about NIL earlier. Mm-hmm. Just like with Tennessee and their, you know scholarship reductions from, you know, this past penalty they got laid down on them. I mean, in the NIL days, I mean, all you got to do now is just write a check to these kids and they're going to pay for college anyway. That's it. That's right. I mean, so how's the scholarship reduction even going to affect these schools anymore? Yeah, what I would say, Brad, is you're right, is that is a fairly easy workaround now as compared to what it used to be. Um, it, a fairly easy workaround. It's just, it does require some step. It, it requires a little work, you know. As a, they, they can't go about the normal business of loading those scholarships up, the normal paperwork through the normal office, which they've got a system every college does where it's easy. Now it just requires a little more work through their collective. You see what I'm saying? And right. And the other thing is there's this idea of, you are on probation, which means any school that's ever been on quote-unquote NCAA probation meant that was a period of time where they better be squeaky clean or else if you mess up while on probation, they're going to pop you. Okay, well, the thing is, the thing is, we even saw in this case, Brad, the attorney general in the state of Tennessee threatened to sue the NCAA if they gave them a bowl ban. Well, if you're on probation and you go loading up your roster and you just pay them through the collective and they're they're basically like expensive walk-ons instead of scholarships and that's your workaround, well, if they try to punish you on that, what do you think the attorney general is going to do this time? Right? So, you're you're right. right. It's we are we are living through watching a complete upheaval taking the the bucket and dumping it out on the ground. And it's a free for all. It is a, it is a, like I said earlier, it's kind of like the, <laughs> it, it's almost a too strong of an analogy, but it's almost like war without the killing because in war, there are no rules. The only rules are the ones that 
somebody in the war decides they're going to obey themselves personally. But there's nobody to enforce a rule because it's wide open. You can do whatever you want. And usually, whoever's got the biggest war chest has a great advantage in war. That's kind of what you have. That's kind of the situation you have. The wars, most of the time you have battle lines. You know where the fronts are. NIL, you have no idea where the fronts no. are because everything changes daily on the... That's it. Just, it's a crazy time. It really is. It really is. And it's kind of like for a player, whether it's a high school recruit or a guy in a portal, the old analogy of you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you, you know, out here in the working right. world, same thing there. You know, what is that? Right. What is a what is a four-star corner worth? Well, he's worth whatever some school that wants him is willing to pay him. That's what he's worth. And nobody really knows what that is. Now, I will say, Brad, that I kind of am of the believer that, you know, free markets, eventually, they just kind of balance themselves out, right? And and they have, but it's going to take several years for this to, to start to balance out a little bit. And I feel like, Brad, once it does balance out, things are going to look a lot different than they look right now. I agree. I mean, it can't continue in this trend, but it's just going to be a few years. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Man, I enjoy talking to you. You too, Brad. How many days to kick off? 48? (laughs) Let's see. How many? That's something that I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. And it's the reason I made a countdown clock on my computer. So it is 45 days from the day to Saturday, September the 2nd. 45 days. Yep. Be here before we know it. It sure will. No question. Appreciate it, Brad. Thank you. Have Have a great day. Bye. You too. Have a great one. So, State... It's a guarantee. They're not going to finish last in the West. They're not going to be 12th out of 14. They'll be better in both of those. How much? I don't know. We'll see. I did see this. Okay, they put up a graphic a little bit ago at SEC Media Days, and it said that State has eight returning starters on offense and only four on defense. That's what it said. Starters. And I was wondering kind of what we're looking at there. All right. If you look at positionally, you lose a first-round cornerback in Emmanuel Forbes. Well, who else do you have at corner? Marcus Banks, Bama transfer, had the big play in a bowl game. He'll come back. He'll play. May start. Furge, who's been there forever. He's super-duper senior. He may start opposite of DeCamerian Richardson, who's your other starter at corner. You got Nicholson, who's kind of corner safety, big, long corner, but he'll compete. You got Radar Jones, who transferred back in there from LSU. He was originally from Horn Lake. Kamari Rogers from Miami, who looked to me really good in the spring. He's there competing at corner also. A um, few others. Okay. The linebacker room on defense. Again, they said four starters. So DeCamerian Richardson would definitely be a starter at one of the corner positions. The linebacker room is loaded. Bookie Watson, Jet Johnson. <laughs> okay, um, there, there's there's two more starters right there, but you look at who's in that room. Um, Khalid Moore, uh, you got John Lewis, who's going to be a heck of a player if he stays healthy. Uh, Gilmore, who I thought, you know, Purvis, who started some for you, so you could list him as a starter because he did start some for you. And Deshaun Page, who's played a ton of football for you at uh, – 
and that's just your linebacker. The linebacker group is one of the best linebacker groups in the league, whether anybody realizes that uh, or not, that state. It just is. There's some NFL guys in that group. Defensive front guys, okay, edge player Jordan Davis, who's like super senior, he's a starter. So, again, they're listing four starters, but he's been a starter for you at times. DeMonte Russell has started games for you. There's a fifth guy who's a super, you know, senior guy, redshirt senior guy. And a young sophomore in Deontay Anderson is going to be a really good player just hadn't started for you yet, but he's been a part of your depth. Others on the front that are uh, coming back for you. Pickering, starter. Okay, now I'm up to six guys who've started. Crumity, starter. There's uh, Now I'm up to seven guys who've started for you. <laughs> okay, in, in the middle on a defensive front. And maybe your best players on the front are some of these young guys. Like Davis, who's the freshman, is going to be a heck of a player. Dinkins, going to be a heck of a player. Trevion Williams going to be a heck of a player. Those are all depth guys. I mean, I'm up to seven guys who've started a bunch of games for you. That's just that's not even including like, you know, Dinkins and Williams who've played a bunch and will play a bunch for you on your front. I think when people say State's got four starters returning on defense, I think that's very misleading. And to say that they've got eight starters on offense is not misleading. And the entire offensive line is seniors. They stay healthy. They're going to surprise some people. I'm just telling you. All right. It's in the books. This Tuesday's show. In the Bureau. We'll do it again tomorrow. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you all tomorrow. See you then. See you.